welcome to this Xbox Life episode 187, our last podcast. I am Brian. BJ Swig33. And I am so tired because I'm not sleeping right now. Like I was last week. Peaceful. While everybody else was cracking on me. <laughs> no. Uh, like you I said... Know, ep- Sorry, go ahead. I will say, Bron, that I was asked on Xbox Live today, mm-hmm. hey, Wing, is Bron going to man up and be on the show this week, or is he going <laughs> to be sleeping again? And I'm just like, um, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not going to have... say who it was, I, I, but I was asked that question, honestly, tonight, today. <laughs> I think you were missed. Yeah. Hey, I have manned up on episode 187, plus being our last podcast why not? And uh, even though I wasn't on last week's show, I still do put the show together and post it. Now, it was it was busy last week. This week's even going to be busier. Have a my boy is turning one on Saturday, and you know Easter Sunday, and all sorts of stuff coming. But you know he's still going to turn one even if you don't do anything. Yeah, I know. Okay, it's true. <laughs> just just letting you make sure you knew that. <laughs> So we got some cool stuff to talk about. Um, we do in this, yeah, in this week's show. But before we get there, let's start off with uh, with what we've been playing. So I don't have anything written down, but I have played games. But Rob, what what have you been playing? Well, I didn't write anything down, and that's because I didn't play anything this week. All right, it's a very busy week. So why don't you go over your list, Brun? All right. I've been playing Forza 4, and I have also been playing Mass Effect 3. So enjoying Ooh. my Mass Effect 3. You know, I, I, I as uh, let me ask you this, uh, Mark, um, in the first and the second one, when you got missions, did did you ever have a mission and have it go away because you've like progressed too far in the in the game? No. Oh, but I do it believe happens that happens in, a third. in this one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because here I was looking for something, and then all of a sudden I went. And I was like, Ah, oh, I'm just going to go try this other mission. So I go and do the other mission. That thing gets wiped off my list. So I'm like, Great. You know, how's that going to impact me as far as trying to get up all my resources and all that stuff? And it was just kind of a kind of a bummer. So hey, but, that kind of stuff's annoying, especially if you're kind of like a completist. Right in the in the game where you want to finish everything, experience everything. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're being called to this mission right away because they're, you know, someone's invading and you wait, you know, a week and a half before you decide to go over there, they're kind of gone by now. Right. <laughs> but yeah. I think I'm trying to remember this was talked about, and I think I think uh, Lieutenant Commander Shepard himself I think mentioned this in our spoiler show last week, and. Um, made a comment about one disappearing and I think he started over because he didn't do something right away or there was, you know, I, I could, it could have happened to me. I honestly don't know if it disappeared on me and I just didn't know it or if I went and did the mission, but I, yeah, I've heard that this can happen in Mass Effect 3. Yeah. Well, mine was, it was a side mission and I don't think I'm spoiling anything here, but you're, you're going to check on a person's son, a guy's son. Like he's trying to get answers. 
on you know right. what's happened to him. And there's a place I guess you can go and you'll pick up dog tags of his. And the thing is, is I went to another mission first, and I guess if you do that first before you go and get his dog tags, then tough. They're they're not there. Tough nuggies. Yeah. So I was like, <laughs> awesome. So you're saying I can't complete this now? Thanks. You know. And it's one of those things like you, you don't want to look it up. You know, right. you don't want to look up what to do through the game. You just want to play the game. And now it's just like, well, if you make the wrong decision, because as you walk through the citadel. You're just picking up missions because people are talking, and they're just automatically flying into your list. Right. So then all of a sudden you had three, but then when you press start and look at your journal, now you got 12. And you're like, whoa, okay, which ones are side missions, which ones are not, because they don't split them up anymore. Yeah, they don't, and I didn't like that. Yeah, it, it makes it hard. I, I just, I don't know. I, I would say that is probably right now the only negative thing. Oh, not not the only negative thing. One of the negative things. The other one is these guys need to call Epic and figure out what they had to do for the stupid roadie run and sticking. Oh. I'm trying to run away, and I'm sticking to everything. And it, it it's gotten me killed so many times, and I've just been so frustrated with it. It's driving me crazy. But, sorry. Uh I've been playing Mass Effect 3. I am enjoying it, though, with those two negative things. But um, well, That's because you haven't finished it yet. <laughs> which, you know, that, that you know, I'm, I am bummed. When I, when I finally listened to oh, I did listen to the show, I was bummed that I missed that one because it's been a lot of talk on a lot of podcasts um, with the pros and everything. And I just don't understand... I understand people being wrapped up into something and being so dedicated that if it doesn't end or if it ends in a certain way, they may be disappointed, you know, like Star Wars and, you know, nobody likes the first three, you know, they're, you know, one, two and three, but they like the originals or some people like it. Some people don't. Why did you do this? Why did you do that? And this is kind of the same thing. It's like, you know, you might not like the ending, but that's how the the creators saw it. Well, I don't No, See, you're going to have to go ahead and finish it. Uh huh. And then you're going to have to listen to the spoiler cast. Okay. Um, because that's not really the case. Okay. There, there is a legitimate, there is a legitimate complaint. And I think Lieutenant Commander Shepard, also known as Gabbers, mm -hmm. he had a really good point. And, you know, I was, it, it kind of ended the way I expected, you know, uh -huh. but the, the way, the whole last part, there's a lot of, you're just kind of like, huh? I uh -huh. mean, it, it really was like, uh, are you kidding me? Cause it kind of, it, it almost, and I'm, I'm trying to be careful cause I don't want to spoil anything, but it really, was it, was it, it, it like people the feeling that all the choices they did throughout the entire series just went out the window and nothing mattered. And uh -huh. that's what everybody's upset about. Not so much how it ended, even though that was kind of, it was weird. And you'll understand when you get there. Right. But um, it's still an excellent game. Yeah. <laughs> but the ending does leave something to be desired, and, you, and you'll see why. But, um, right. so. But, yeah, I don't, I don't need to repeat a lot of the stuff that was talked about last week. But, yeah, that's what I've been playing. So what have you been playing? 
Um, I've played, of course, Mass Effect 3. I did beat it, and so I've been playing a lot of the multiplayer. They're going to have to give us some DLC for that soon, but I'm having a blast with it. Um, I've played some Buku Sudoku. <laughs> um, and I've been playing some Gears of War 3, the new Forces. Um, ah, man, why is it when I when I need to say it the first time now? <laughs> I can't remember the name of it. Then the newest DLC. I've been saying it all week because we've been playing it. Um, but there's a new DLC pack out for Gears of War three. So we've been doing the horde and the beast mode and playing on the new maps. Forces and it, of nature. Forces of nature. Thank you, mm-hmm. dude. The new maps are amazing. They cool. are so well done. It is some of the best maps I've seen. There's one I don't like because it's just too big. Um, and I think it's called Aftermath. Um, but like I've played and there's two I still haven't seen, but I've played uh, on artillery, which is really cool. There's an actual tornado that it's like when you first get on the map, I mean, it's all stormy and dark and the sky looks like there's a tornado forming. You go a couple of ways, all of a sudden you hear a tornado siren go off and you look around. And there's this giant tornado whipping around the base that looks so cool. And it just makes and it kicks up all this dust and debris and everything as you're playing. It makes it really hard to see, and it's just it's awesome. And then uh, there's another map called Cove that is like in a shipyard, and it is just so awesome. It is just they just have so they've done a great job with these maps. I, I'm really enjoying it, and I'm I'm looking forward for more if, if they sell more stuff because this is the last one for the season pass. So right. this completes the season pass. So if they do anything else, it'll cost from here on out. But I'll definitely purchase, even if they just did more maps. They're just so well done. Um, let's see, what else have I done? And I actually played some Forza 4 the other day. I saw you were on with a buddy mm-hmm. of yours. So I hopped in to do one race, and then you left probably to go to sleep or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, so I continued playing, I, I think, one more race, and then I called it a night. But I did get some fours in. No, that's always fun. It is a good game. Yeah. All right. That was it for me this week. Cool. Um. Well, with our last podcast, there was a lot of cleaning house on the website, and you'll notice that the website has changed. There's a couple placeholders there for the next couple shows, and then uh, you know, if you if you got there, you'll notice that we removed a lot of the um, like stories and posts and stuff like that. So, you know, can kind of hold some stuff, and that's that. <laughs> Yay. So, yeah. Ooh, changed ooh. a little bit. Yep. But uh, other than that, it's topic time. Topic time. <laughs> Which Gatwing? Um, too human, baby. Too human. Um, I, we talked about. Uh, I think it was last week we mentioned this. Too yeah, human too. And after the show, my good buddy uh, Gabbers had sent uh, sent me a link to a story he read, and I kind of wanted to talk about this. Now I don't know, Bron. Did you ever play Too Human? No, I did not. How about you, Rob? Uh, just a little bit. I really enjoyed the game. I thought this was a, a fascinating game. It was a lot of fun. 
Um, it's it's one you know, I bought and I, I've got it still sitting on my shelf. And there's times I think about putting it back in and going back and playing it. Um, I, I it's I had a tremendous amount of fun on the game, but I found some very interesting information from this article that Gabber sent me last week, and I kind of wanted to cover this because you know Two Human Two is a game that I really want to see come out, and there's kind of we may see this here, but right now here, here's, I'm just going to go through this story and share some of the story with you. Now, this is from game industry international or game industry.biz. And this article was written by James Brightman. And he talks about Silicon Knights. Dennis Dyack uh, says that he expects the truth to come out on May 14th in the trial against Epic games. Now, if you recall way back when they were making the game, supposedly they they had some issues where they um, were trying to get some help from Epic because they purchased the engine. And right. Epic Games, they're accusing Epic of really not providing Silicon Knights any, any help because they were too busy basically making a competing product or a, a product of their own known as Gears of War. So here, here's some stuff that I, and I thought this article was really interesting and I wanted to share it. So let me just go ahead and read this. Uh, Two Human had been planned as an Xbox 360 exclusive trilogy when it launched in August of 2008, but the game was panned critically and did not live up to sales expectations, leaving the future uh, of the franchise in doubt. Uh, Silicon Knights boss Dennis Dyack believes there is still hope, and he told Game Industry International that an abundance of details will be revealed on May 14th the date set for his company's trial with Epic Games. Now, I don't know what, to me, it's like we're talking about a fran- uh, a, do- um, a sequel, and he says, well, you're going to find out a lot on May 14th. Well, we're not going to find out nothing because that's just the day they go to court. So that seems kind of stupid. So you really got to read between the lines here. But Dennis says, but Dennis Dyack says, I think as long as Silicon Knights is still around, there's still hope. He told us when asked about continuing the Two Human franchise, you know, in some ways, Two Human got a bad rap, and there are all kinds of details. A lot of what happened with Two Human is going to come out in the court case. Um, so Dyack then proceeds to reveal one detail about the game, which presumably didn't make it into the final product because Silicon Knight had to rewrite an entire game engine following its trouble with Epic's Unreal Engine. And here's the quote. So as an example, this is not known at all. I'll give you something no one no one's ever heard before, but four-player co-op was done in 2008. Details of that and all that stuff will come out in the court case. So it looks as if Two Human actually was supposed to be a four-player co-op game, hmm. which would have been the first at that time. And so it looks like this is where they were running into problems with the engine. They were trying to get help from Epic, and of course they're saying Epic you know, didn't help, but I'm going to continue on. For those that you haven't been following the case, Silicon essentially accused Epic of not providing proper Unreal Engine support during Two Humans development, choosing instead to move company resources towards the development of Gears of War. Dyack's been patiently waiting for five years to go to trial and is eager to have Epic's misconduct finally being aired in the light of day. Dyack, Dyack believes the, tri- uh, the trial will be hugely important to the industry because of how widely adopted the Unreal Engine 3 has been. He told us it's been an absolute heck for him and his company. Uh, bottom line, and this is pretty public, we went through 
Heck, last generation, by trying to adopt the Unreal Engine, it hurts so us so dramatically that it affected us a lot all the way through. You know, we're hoping to fix it this gen. We've suffered a lot. That's all I can say. So we may, I mean, we don't know what's going to come out of the legal thing, you know, with Epic. I, I don't see how that's going to make anything change about whether they're going to have a two-human two moving forward unless for some reason they get an influx of money from Epic where they want to put to it. But... You know, I don't know, but it is interesting that they were trying to do four-player co-op back then. At least I find it interesting. Yeah, oh yeah. And I mean, I'm trying to think more of... I remember that whole lawsuit and stuff just going crazy, but... What was Too Human about again? It's like the Viking game it was an action like an action rpg game where you were playing as like some kind of viking dude and you were taking on loki and you know you had all these armor and weapons and powers and stuff and just i think you were fighting i'm trying to remember too who you were like all the names but you went up to um you were in whatever the world is um i don't want to say mount olympus but you were you know, basically fighting the, you know, you were like a god, or you were fighting for the gods hmm. against Loki, so. Interesting. It was I cool. Mean, you, well, you mentioned it even last week. You're, it was like a game that some people might have not liked that you did, and I think you mentioned Too Human. Yeah. So. And globally, whoops, I just clicked the wrong page. Globally, it only sold 0. 0.7 well, 720,000 copies, so I don't expect to see a sequel out of it. Mm, I mean, <laughs> why would you? If you, you know, because usually they got to break a million, so they didn't even hit three three quarters of a million. So, but you never know. It would be awesome. I, I'd love to see it. I thought the game was better than what it got, you know, hit up for yeah. and hammered for, but. You know, was it perfect? Of course not. There, there's things that annoyed me, but the, uh, the game itself was just so much fun to play. You know, it, it really was. You know, it's like I hated the little die. Every time you die, you got to watch this. Oh, the cutscene. <laughs> little, the little person come down and pick you up and haul you off to wherever it was. You know, uh, I already forgot the names. Anybody you know, versed in that type of lore with mythology would know the names of where you were being taken to. But you know, haul you off to heaven, I guess. So. And of course, Silicon Knights has not been closed yet. Not yet. Unlike what was the studio we just mentioned before Zipper. we started? Yeah, Zipper Interactive. So, which yeah, is a Sony, no more Sony Group. Yeah, no more um, SOCOM. Yeah. I mean, that's huge. That'd be like losing Tom Clancy. Well, at least Recon. at least from Zipper Interactive. I mean, Sony probably still still owns the. SOCOM franchise, they can just have somebody else do it, I guess. Well, hopefully they own it. Yeah, because I know that, you know, the Sony people, they the the Sony guys or fans of that platform are very, think very highly of SOCOM. That's like our Ghost Recon, you know, even though they get right. Ghost Recon, but it's supposed to be a fantastic franchise. And I, I just was kind of shocked to see them gone. Mag and Mag is gone. So that 200 player, you know, Everything they bragged about it. Well, 200 players online at the same time. Yeah. Well, not anymore. <laughs> it's gone. 
Yeah, I think they may be still supported, but that's about it. So, all right. On to the next. Um, I was looking for, I bumped across this in my Google Reader, and I, I remember mentioning it to Nighthawk70 because he sits right behind me at work. I was like, oh, I was like another teen or preteen or something like that. Looks like they shot and killed like one of their friends, <laughs> um, which is very sad. I'm not, you know, laughing or, you know, think this is actually a funny story or anything. But it comes out that I guess the parents have decided to blame Modern Warfare 3. Sure, why not? Yeah, because that makes complete sense. So, you know, again, <laughs> let's not blame... It's sad that somebody lost their life, you know, their life over this. But... There's a couple of questions that popped in my mind prior, you know, right immediately after reading this was, one, how did the kid come across the gun, which would be completely on the parent or parents. But and we my, don't want, we're not interested in that. I don't yeah. agree with you, Bronze. That's, that is that's, Bobby Kodak's personal responsibility to make yeah. sure there's no guns in the hands of teenagers right. across the world. Yes. So, and the other thing was, was this kid wasn't obviously 18 or 17. Uh, I think he was younger. So how did he get Modern Warfare 3 if it's rated M for mature? Now, I do understand that some place might have sold him this game, but wouldn't it be the parents' responsibility of checking on what their kid was playing? Absolutely. Not. You know, no. What is what is what is wrong with you guys? <laughs> Come on, look. This is it is Bobby Kodak's fault. Look, he is forcing this stuff out into the environment. He is he's making, a killer. He's making it be an addictive game. He's got it <laughs> so that it's this this popular, you know, this just this force. And if every child in America or in the world is not playing this game and does not have a copy personally, a copy in their home, then they're going to feel left out with, they're going to feel they're going to be made fun of by their friends at school. They're going to grow up with a severe anxiety problems. They're going to have self doubt about themselves. They are not going to be able to function in society. So, you know, again, this is this, you know, they all should have a copy of this. Amen. You know what? Now that you mention it, it is not the parents' fault. It is definitely Bobby's fault. And it Activision. is. Parents cannot be held responsible for, for their kids' proper parenting. That's yep. right. It's just insane. Yep. It, it, it's it, everybody else's fault. That's right. And come on, it's today's connected world. How can you be responsible for what you know? Well, for your kids. Come yep. on, Braun. This just is insane. Well, because, you know, I'm sitting here, I'm reading this, and it's like, you know, because I obviously own a gun, and, and <gasps> there is one in the house. <laughs> there is one in the house, but my five-year-old daughter knows what a gun is, what it looks like, and she knows what it can do, and that she's not to touch it, or she doesn't know where it's at, not to mention it locked up, but she's aware of it. It's not a secret to her because when it's a secret to her, she's going to be interested or, you know, wanting to Curious. know what it is. 
Yeah, you're curious. Thank you. So, um, I don't know if you guys can hear that behind me, but I'm going to have to throw a cat across the room here in about 25 seconds. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, I was like, that's the way I handle gun control and stuff in my house. And then when it comes to games, I play the games first, and I do let some of my kids play mature games, but I make sure that I play it, and they're aware that it's a game. So, and, and I'm a person that's like, no, I don't want more game control. I don't want to have to jump through hoops to buy a game. Um, but I do believe that little M and E and, you know, all that stuff that's on that box does mean something, and it is the parent's responsibility. And that's why I think all of us should feel is that it falls on the parents because who wants to government, you know, and on games and stuff. But I read this, and it's just – it's automatically – it's it's – same thing as everything else. Oh, what type of music did they listen to? Oh, what did they do? Oh, it's this game's fault. No, it's the parents' fault. So, you know, a very sad, another sad thing blamed on some imaginary, you know, game, and the parents are not even anywhere in it. So, but that's all I have right. on that. Yep. Just make people think a little bit. But uh, while you're starting off your next your next one here, I'm going to go take care of this cat. <laughs> what is he doing? <laughs> it should be awesome if that siren goes off right now. <laughs> hey, yeah. All righty. Um, we have talked about um, the next X. Again, we keep bringing this up, but it seems like we can't get away from it. But the next Xbox, we talked about it last week about, you know, the week no, before. no use games. And the week before, and the week before. <laughs> and the week before that. <laughs> and I keep, you know, we keep saying, well, we're not going to discuss the next Xbox, but there's always something that keeps coming up that kind of brings the art this back to us. And this time, it's that the rumor is now of no used games being on the next Xbox. We are now starting to see stories saying the same thing for the next PlayStation. So that's kind of where I'm going with this one. And there's been a couple different things, um, basically rumors of the next Sony platform, which is supposedly codenamed Orbis. And this is what's being said so far about the next one. Supposed to have a Christmas 2013 release. Developer kits are started shipping this past January. Well, that's the interesting part. The most interesting part to me is they're trying to hit out this year. Well, you got to take the developer kits have to get out. It takes them a couple years to build a game. Yeah, got to have about two years to build a game, and they're going to have less than that. The release date. They want to release this console this year. Or sorry, no, it's two thirteen. I'm sorry, guys. Yep. Wow. My bad. You you do need some sleep. I need some sleep. <laughs> it's a good thing this okay, is our last sorry. show. Um, yes, continue. So the architecture is supposed to be an AMD X64 CPU, which I guess there won't be no backwards compatibility, and I guess that the uh, Sony cell processor wasn't so hot after all. Um, it's supposed to have an AMD Southern Islands graphics processing unit. The max resolution is going to be 4,096 by 2160 with 3D games running in 1080p. The game media on Blu-ray or digital download, no well, no backwards compatibility. There you go. Yeah. Okay, so that that is, okay, we got that stuff, right? Here's the last two. 
Games tied to a PSN account requires always-on internet connection. Hmm. So I think not only will this go after used games or pirated games, because I guess they're going to do their D, you know, digital uh, DRM to always have and have an internet connection, but this may also deter pi- um, not piracy. Well, some piracy, but like hacking, because if the games can't be played unless they can connect to the internet to verify, then you couldn't basically uh, mod your your PS4 and rip all the PlayStation games and just play them offline because if it needs to get on, but I'm sure all, you know, all those people, they figure out ways around it, which so it, all again, all that's going to do is hurt the consumer. The pirates will probably have that hacked in a day. They'll have it figured out. But then the last item is used games will have a limited support, if not complete elimination. So, and I saw several stories this week about this. So it, it, it's just like, Hmm. Okay. I've said along, I don't think the next Xbox would do this. Uh, the only way they would is if they weren't the only one doing it. And now we're starting to hear that the PlayStation is going to go the same route. Again, rumor. This is rumor, speculation. But I wanted to bring it up. And, and beings that we're seeing. So my question to you two, I'll say to Rob first, is yes. since we're now seeing stories uh, of the same tone, same stuff going towards a PlayStation. Do you think this maybe validates the claims of the next generation, maybe not being able to use used games or rental games on the consoles? I mean, I bet all that stuff is being considered and talked about, you know, because there's various manufacturers, not manufacturers, publishers that are probably sort of lobbying to have this stuff enacted. Uh, whether or not they actually go through with it, who knows? That only time will tell. But for it to be discussed so frequently over the last couple months, and especially across platforms, I, I mean, I bet that's something pretty seriously discussed. You know? What do you think, Brown? Uh, I think it validates it. Um, and, and this kind of, and, and this some of the I told you I had a couple things I wanted to mention from last week's show into this week and this kind of I was waiting for this story here because listening to you guys talk on last week's show and I know we've talked before and I've listened to other shows obviously is you know this always comes down to a change like this is going to be a big change for everybody and a lot of people are stating that you know well obviously they don't want used games to go away um, they're like, well, if it doesn't play used games, then I'm not going to buy the console. I'm going to go buy the PS4. Well, now we kind of see the PS4 is going that way. So now what? And my one thing is, is like, Wii U. people aren't, well, well, will the, you? the Wii U. <laughs> yeah. Well, my thing is, is like being in technology and, and doing what I do is like, I'm, I'm for change. And I know this is a big change. But if we're not ready for change now, then when will we be ready? Are we saying, oh, not not this console, so we're we're upset about it, and we want used games for this console, but we'll be okay next time? Or will it be, well, no, we're not. We still want used games next time, it, the next one after that. It's like, so if we're not ready now, which I, I understand if some people aren't ready, and it's understandable. But if we're not ready now, when are we going to be ready? Somebody somebody who is very pro used games. 
and which could be you guys, very pro used games. When are you ready? When are you ready to make the change of saying, you know what? No used games for me. It's kind of one of those I'm things. Not. It's it's not. I think you're you're kind of looking at it uh, the wrong way because it's not a technology change that people are not wanting to change technology. They don't want. They don't like the fact that this change will make make them only be able to buy brand new games at sixty dollars a pop. That's that's the problem, and it impacts. You won't be able to rent either. Well, no, that was the other one. That was the other thing that I want to have was renting. If you're talking about renting as far as going to Gamefly or renting that as far as going to your down to your mom and pop store, then, yeah, that that would probably go away. Um, but renting in general doesn't have to go away. Um, both PlayStation and Microsoft both have a platform where they can introduce uh 24-hour, a 48-hour, a five-day rental policy just like through XBLA. It's not purchasing the game, and we do this through iTunes. I mean, you can either buy the movie or rent the movie. Um, I think that would actually take over the renting responsibility, which I'm which I'm okay with on that in that case because a rental's a rental. Um, but it it basically then just does target the purchasing of of used games. So. Um, but you know, like that's one of my things. Was like, well, we could we could solve the rental, the rental issue. We could. Um, but it doesn't solve it doesn't solve the selling back, getting rid of a game or selling back a game. Because when we talk about used games, when I think of used games, I think of okay, trading used games, selling back my old games, and not as much as purchasing used games. Like I. Have, I have a tendency of not purchasing used games. I don't want to say I'd never have done it. Um, but when I go and look at a game, I typically am looking, and for $5, $10 more, I could get a brand-new copy. I have a tendency of getting the brand-new copy, um, definitely with online passes and all that stuff now. Um, so the the issue that I would have let, – let me. I don't want to make it sound like I don't have any problems – which would be coming back to or supporting the people that like to sell back their games to actually get more games. Cause some people take back 10 old games and they buy a brand new one. They don't take back 10 and buy a used one. They may take back 10 and buy a brand new one is when you're buying games at $60 a pop, 60, a pop, 60, pop, 60, pop. And you can't recoup some of that money, even if it's five or $10, that there seems to be kind of is a negative in my book um, where when these start to do this, do this here, I think some, something has to be given back to the consumer. I think prices should probably drop in games. And, and I know this is a sore topic with, on I hear on other shows saying that games are actually cheap because games used to be more expensive back in, you know, back in the day and yada, yada, yada. Well, when you, when you're not pressing a disc and you're not making a box and you're, you know, doing that and say it's digital at this point in time, you know what? Some of the money can go to the consumers, and that's where we really have to speak with our wallet at that point. And, you know, that's the big part of the change in my book that we have to get ready for is, you know, if Call of Duty wants to be digital and wants to sell their games at eighty dollars a pop, and then some other shooter, let's say Gears of War twenty one, comes out. <gasps> 
and and it's forty dollars. I don't care how popular Call of Duty is. Is if people keep buying it at eighty dollars a pop, it's going to stay eighty dollars a pop, regardless if you can sell it back or not. You know, people really have to speak with their wallet. You know, and once other companies see, well, they're selling it for eighty, well, then we're going to sell ours for seventy. You know, it needs to be people speaking with their wallet and knock it down to like forty. And I'm not saying I want a game, brand new game for twenty bucks, but I do think I th- I do think games could drop between. 10 to 20 dollars a title if it went digital only and and you'd knock down used games because that's you know the big complaint is we don't get our money we don't get our money well if you're recouping your money on all of it well then that you you can you know knock it down a little bit i don't care how expensive games are to make you know if you're pulling down a huge massive profit as long as it supports your next game then i think you should you know reward the people that support you so, but I don't, I mean, with this, with this news here, it, it may look like it, it's going to be something that may happen in the next generation of console. Um, I think I'll be ready for the change, but of course it's kind of easy for me because I don't do used games. Um, even though I did sell, I just sold some of my games, but I didn't take them to GameStop. Um, but, you know, I can kind of say that, yeah, I'd be ready to make that change. You know, and I just think... At some point in time, we have to. And you won't be able to sell them in the future. I know. I know. It'll hey, well, be like the, the old other, days. Well, look at PC gamers. PC gamers, it's been this way forever. And, you know, look at if you another thing. If you look at Steam and how well Steam does, people never really mention that. They always target console gaming. You know, people buy tons of games on Steam. Of course, they're cheaper than $60 a pop. Um, but nobody complains that they can't sell their game back in steam because it's not a 60 dollar investment they're buying games for 17 20 but 30 40 dollars they're just not, like oh okay i'll spend it's not forced steam is not a it hasn't been it's getting there it's not a forced platform that everybody has to use that's the big, big difference with the new if they do this with the console that means we're all stuck with it you right. have no choice, if and both, yeah, you, know, you no longer own the games. You no longer own them. You're just renting them, basically, or you're paying. You're paying for the ability to play it, but you you can you don't own it anymore because there's anything you own, then you have the right to resell it or pass it on or even give it to someone else in your family and play. And that's not going to be able to do here. And think about this: the article said for the PlayStation. The games will be tied to their PSN account. So that means, uh, Braun, that if you get a game, you know, then only you and you first play it on your account or say one of your kids gets the next Call of Duty and you want to try it out. Guess what? You can't because mm-hmm. it's tied to their account. You want to play it. They want to. I want 60 more dollars from you. Right. It's somebody else. Playing. They want to get to the point where they can bill everybody and charge every single person that plays, not just to the household. And I just don't think that's right. I, I can't get over. That's like to me still comes back to the old story that I like to use of who, who is it that who Ford does not have the right to say, you know what, Mark, you bought a used Ford, you, but you didn't pay us. You need to buy you need to pay us or buy only a new car. Because none of the car companies, they don't get a dime from used car sales. They don't seem to have a problem with it. And I'll guarantee they lose a lot more money to used car sales 
than these freaking publishers do to use game oh, yeah. sales. You know, and, and it's why do the, and, and that's the part that bothers me. Why do they think that they're, oh, woe is us, woe is us, we're not making any money when you're making a hundred bajillion dollars off one game? It's poor management, it's poor money management, it's poor time management, you know, and it's greed. It is greed, which is, you know, that's all it is. And that's the well, part I have a problem with me not being able to do what I want with my property. And well, also, the, what about the EA canceling the games after one year? Oh, this game's only been out a year. We're shutting the servers down, so you can't even play the multiplayer anymore because they've turned the servers off. Yeah. They'll complete control over it once this happens. Yeah. And that's where, you know, the, like, like I said, the greed part that you're talking about. Well, another thing about greed is if they want to do all this stuff and keep knocking out and, and raise the price of games, the cost per games, yes, that is complete greed. But that's where I'm saying is if something – if this gets introduced, the price of games are going to have to go down. And, and if they don't, people are going to have to speak, you know, speak up with their wallet. I mean – if EA wants to make that dumb decision of, let's say, hiking up game prices and, and you know, not letting you do used games and going digital, you know, even going digital only, let's say they do that and they start charging that ridiculous amount. Guess what? Just don't buy the game and they'll fail and they'll have to close up shop. You know, you, you talk about used cars and, and, and stuff like that. Well, one thing that the cars company, car companies had or, or actually got when they failed was they got the government to come and buy them all out <laughs> not all of them Game, no i know not all not, of them not all of but, them took the money but then it's but, you know and i have a lot of respect for ford because they didn't take the money all the right. others did and right. you know what they're just as corrupt their executives still get big fat bonuses mm -hmm. on the taxpayers back right. and they should have let them fail and i think if a game company is crying cuz they can't make money well then quit Go find something else to do because well, I don't. I don't care that they make, they're like it makes it so expensive to make a game. Oh well, it's this. It's the nature of doing business. It, it's like they want us to just hand them everything so they just profit a hundred percent on everything. That's not the way the world works. Yeah, they're gonna have to make a good game for you to buy it. And and the one thing you know we just talk about Zipper Interactive. I mean they've made good games. They've messed up a couple games as well. And this, what happens when they failed and they don't get their money, then they close, they're gone, you know? And, and the thing is, is like, yes, you know, not everybody's going to be a bungee or not everybody's going to have a call of duty under their belt, you know, to make them the billions and millions of dollars, you know, they're going to have to make smart choices mm -hmm. because I'll tell you, the other thing about getting rid of used games is regardless if it's, if it's uh, if they buy it used or not, and the developer gets that money, and it comes down to one of your examples, which is a really good one, is, hey, I bought Matt, you know, I bought Mass Effect three used or Mass Effect used, and I bought the second one and the third one new. You know, they're going to lose that. Now, I use renting as that. I mean, I go and I rent a game, and if I like it, then I can go buy it. I typically don't search for used games, but you know. They may come out and find out that they lose more money this way than what they did with used games. <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen, but it's going to have to be tried out. Somebody's going to have to try it. And with this being 
coming out on the Xbox and the PS4, they're, if they're smart enough, they'll do it as a software, uh, stopping them as through software. So then if it does fail or starts to fail, they can rip it out during an update. That's all I can recommend for them to do. But at some point in time, it's going to be tried and, you know... Well, if it's Kinda a software, times. if it's software though, then it can be circumvented. Well, and that's the other thing is when PlayStation talks about putting something in to restrict people from doing this, all I can think about is they haven't had one piece of hardware that's been out for two or three days before it's hacked. <laughs> so, like, even and if same it's as like, the iPhone, oh, it has, yeah, yeah, it, it's like, oh, it has to be online or it's going to be tied to your this account like and if it's coming from playstation or sony i don't believe that's going to actually make it at all <laughs> it's going to be hacked it's it's almost guaranteed and that's not saying microsoft won't be no, hacked or they'll have the same prevented either yes yeah, there so. there's people the, the the xbox 360 can be modded and played online so you know the people that do that know what the heck they're doing and they they can mod them and uh, fix them and respond faster than microsoft can can respond so it only hurts the legitimate consumer those are the only ones that are going to get affected by it the people that are are circumventing the system they don't care you know and it's they're going to continue to do it so all this does is take rentals and use games out of legitimate you know buyers hands so and i I mean i'm willing to i'm willing to give it a try and I'm not saying that I'm going to get like I'm 100% for it. Like go go go. I, I will say that I'm willing to give it a try, but I do expect I do expect things to change. Not just hey, we're going to keep everything normal the way it is now, except no used games and no rentals. Like just to put those two in there. Like I'm not expect I'm expecting other things to change as well. Costs, um, you know. Costs are not going to drop, man. There's no way. So, okay, then, let me let me then, throw then, something then, out. Then it will. Yeah, be let me throw something right. out real quick. Yeah. So, let's say there's two versions of each game in the future. There is, let's say, because right now games, you know, sixty bucks on average. So, a game is thirty nine ninety nine, and it's tied to your XBLA account. You cannot. You know, sell it. You cannot do anything with it. It's sixty bucks, where it's not tied. And then you could do whatever you want with it afterwards. Okay. What, what would what would you say about something like that? And which would you go for? Which would you purchase? I, hey, I mean, that's the best. You know, if they want to implement something like that, doing a parallel approach is a is a great way to try it out to see how people take on to it. I think that's actually an excellent idea. If you, well, if you look at XBLA when when the XBLA first started on when when the Xbox 360 came out, I mean, look what they did. It was just like, you know, here this type of game, this type of game, and now look at it now, it's it's thriving or whatever. I would think that'd be a great idea and and to be honest, it would be kind of pick and choose. I'd really want to decide what type what I would want to do. I'd buy the thirty nine ninety nine for certain games and maybe I'd buy a sixty dollar one for other ones. Would it be but I would, a game that I would you really, really like would be thirty nine bucks and then a maybe you'd pay the more expensive one and maybe resell it? No. No. Um I I would think more of a game that I know I would want to play and that my kids would want to play. I'd pay the sixty dollar and then everything else I'd pay the thirty nine. 
that type of scenario, if you ask me. But to me, I think rentals will still be around. I think they're going to find a way to do a rental. Um, but but even like today, like EA Games is a, is a one one console purchase. It's a one gamer tag purchase. If you want to play online and play the f- full game, um, like I can't even do roster updates for a football game if Bradley's put his code in and stuff like that. But I, I think that's a neat idea to do something like that. I will say that probably a majority of mine would be the thirty nine ninety nine because I t- have a t- I typically keep most of my games. Like I said, except for most recently, I sold like five games for thirty bucks or something like that. So, but. It's going to be one of those things you pay 60 bucks for it. And when you go hand it in, you're going to get, you know, your five, 10, $15 for it, you know, back for it. If, if you're lucky to get something like that, um, unless you're one of the people that buy it, play it, beat it and get 40 bucks for it. So that's a cool idea. What do you think about that? Something like that Wayne? I don't think it'd work. I, I'm, I don't know. I, I just think there's, they just need to leave it alone and just know it's the nature of doing business, you know. But I know we're all going to go digital anyways, and they're going to control yeah. everything. So, here's here's a thing I want to go through real quick. Mm-hmm. There's five. This was a story written on Kentaku about five reasons a world without used games might not be so bad. So these are just things. Again, this is not my opinion. This is just things to ponder and consider so number one everything's going digital anyway and and what i'm going to read here is is this article so these are the words of jason schreier although i can't imagine physical discs will go away at any point soon it's not unreasonable to predict with that within the next two decades the majority of new games you will buy will be digital we can already see it on the PlayStation Vita. For every Vita disc available in store, there's an accompanying digital release. That is usually cheaper, he has in quotes. Both the Xbox 360 PlayStation 3 sell full retail games on their online networks, and of course, PC games are almost always available via digital distribution on Valve's Steam. Digital games are cheaper for publishers to release and more convenient for gamers to buy. They might not have the reassuring tangibility of a disc or cartridge, but they certainly take up less space. Like music on iTunes, television on Hulu, and movies on Netflix, the future of gaming is inching closer and closer to the virtual realm every single day. Soon enough, the idea of a used games might just be irrelevant. Um, and, yeah, we don't see really used music stores anymore. Those have pretty much gone away. Um, used bookstores <laughs> are going away. Um use DVD stores and stuff like that, that type of stuff really is disappearing. So I guess it's, you know, that's, that's the future of gaming, I guess. Uh, the future could not, could look a lot like steam. This is number two. Imagine a world where you could buy console games in cheap giant batches where indie gems are just as easy to snag as top tier multi-million dollar titles. You wouldn't have to worry about losing any of your games. They'd all be stored in one central location. You could see what your friends are playing, send new games as gifts at your discretion. You could even find and make your own mods. Steam is convenient, easy to use, and most importantly, fun. Its users don't have to worry about buying used games because sales are frequent and affordable. I would certainly welcome similar platforms on any game console, even if it meant the death of used games. You know, it's... um, And again, for me, 
I, I like it when Xbox Live has used game sale, or I mean not use game sales, has sales on their arcade titles and stuff. Mm-hmm. I've often purchased stuff that was on sale um, that I never picked up before. It's like, oh, well, it's half price now. I'll grab it. So, you know, I, I but they need to do that more often. And I think titles need to eventually over time lower in price. That's the yes. biggest thing is, is in Brun, your Robotron. Oh, the um, the biggest thing I see is like you can go out there and look at a game that came out five years ago on XBLA and it's the same price. Yeah, it may have gone on sale yeah. for one weekend somewhere five you know in that five year time frame. Maybe. But, yeah, maybe, and that's the thing. It's maybe, but they typically stay the same price. And it's like after five a five year old game, why is it still the same price? You would not see that in retail, and that's what you're going to see in digital unless they change. Because you know people can say, well, Steam works this way. But Steam is also a different platform. It is not XBLA, and we've not seen that on XBLA. Well, Steam has permanent price drops. And and that's what needs to come to yeah. PSN and XBLA. Oh, yeah. yeah the, I've, I've said the, that a long time ago, and, and that's one of those things that, that just has to happen. And and for my, that's Microsoft just not getting, getting a clue or has well, no clue at that point in time. Because you're talking about the price drops, right? Yeah. Permanent price okay, th- this is this is the deal with that because when you're dealing with a retailer, whether it's Best Buy, whoever, inventory is what kills them. So they have this box that, or this case, whatever you want to call it, that they paid X amount of money or whatnot that's sitting up taking space. They need to dump it and recoup some of their costs. When something's in a digital form, it costs them nothing. Well. It could stay there for 20 years. It costs them nothing. So there's no incentive to drop it. Right, exactly. Well, well, when a game comes out, when a a brand new game comes out, and the first two weeks is where they're going to make the bulk of their money. They're going to get a ton of it there. And then after so long, you know, Wing mentioned a game game that used to be 400 Microsoft points. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's 400 Microsoft points. It's five years old. Right. I wonder how many how many downloads it's had in the last year. But if they would drop it down to 80 Microsoft points and that thing would, would spike to 10,000 more downloads, well, that's $10,000. You know, and since it costs nothing to have it out there, you know, of course Microsoft's making their little bit of money on it, but I mean, it's it's the iTunes pricing. You know, things are cheaper, but when when they start to slow down, people lower the price, and all of a sudden the sales go back up. That's just that's just proof. I mean, that's out there. But my, you know, with Microsoft and XBLA, they just do not do that. Yeah, they do the oh, it's eighty percent off, which is twenty points. You know, twenty points yeah. off or something like that for the next two days. So run out there and get it now, and if you don't, it's going to be full price. It's just like, come on. And how much is that when you don't know when it's in the funny money? When you say Microsoft points, people don't right. really know how much of a sale it is. Now, I, I believe that the Microsoft, the Microsoft points are going away. I think we're getting – we're going to be that. going to real money soon. Yep, I but saw that. That might – maybe – and maybe with that, maybe – you know, they tried the whole let's fool everybody by not knowing, letting them know how much they're paying for stuff. And maybe since that didn't work, maybe we'll get better deals because we're going to be dealing with real money. But um, so they but they got to throw they got the price should go lower as the older the game. I mean, you know, the longer it's older it is, drop the price. 
Yeah, definitely when the the multi or Rob, you you mentioned, so you had a good point with yours, with retailers and stuff storing that. But the one thing that you have to think about is plat uh, is platinum hits. You know, platinum hits they they reprint the discs, they print new boxes, and right. they put them on the shelves of the stores, and they're twenty bucks. And so the digital versions are even, and the digital version on XBLA is thirty or forty dollars. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, I've seen that too. But but that's the thing is like even I understand you're recouping the costs for when they, you know, Modern Warfare three breaks out and they have a hundred copies sitting on the shelf. Well, those things start to they lower our price and try to get rid of them, you know, so they can recoup their costs. But then when it hits platinum hits, they're ordering 20 more copies, but it's in the new box and, and this and that. And some, some of the platinum hits have all the DLC, you know, and you're getting it all for $20. But if that game was on XBLA only right now, it'd be $60 now and it'd be $60 forever. And you wouldn't and get a repackaged version because no. they would sell you the DLC and all that. Separate. You know, separate. Just because yeah. there's no need to repackage it anymore because it's all digital. Right. So that's the number both, – both, so far, both the number one and number two that you mentioned are, are both, in my mind, great examples. And they both have instances where they're talking about cheaper and and better-priced content and stuff like that. But you can. What's what's the next? All right, one? number three. Retailers will will have to offer better details. Or de- ugh, deals. Deals. I'm BJ <laughs> Blooper today. <laughs> right now, I can't believe that on our last show too. I'm just flubbing like crazy. Right now, chains like GameStop can get away with get away with giving you twenty five or thirty dollars for a recent game, slapping a white sticker on it, selling it to other customers for fifty five dollars. That's a nice chunk of change for the game-selling behemoth, which makes a healthy profit by selling used games. And usually, you don't even save that much. It only takes a few weeks for sites like Amazon to start running special offers and massive discounts. You can sometimes even get your hands on brand new games for 40 or 30 bucks. Without used games, GameStop will have to find a way to make up that bottom line. They'll have to find ways to convince us to head out to the store instead of downloading new games at home. That could very well mean more discounts, more special sales, and better deals for consumers. This is a good point. However, if you're tied in, if if you're tied in, are we going a digital only, then it really negates that whole retail side. If they're going to go digital only and you got to get it from PSN, XBLA, Steam, um, or the, the the Nintendo shop or whatever, I don't know what they're called on there, but they have an online store, then if it's all going to be digital only and they're going to cut all that out, then you're not going to have a retail option anymore. But till we get to that point, yes, we could see cheaper prices from t- retailers, maybe. You, you may find retailers partnering, partnering up with uh, publishers. The, that like okay, you have to purchase the code from this place or this place, you know, to be able to download your game or or whatnot. You might see things like that. But Who what knows? I think, but I think what's going to happen is we're going to see like the pre uh, the pre pre order bonuses. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what you're going to see. And and people already hate the pre order bonuses. So the mm-hmm. retailers are going to have to like work with publishers or developers to give in, well, give us this free gun or give us a free map or something. They're going to have to do some kind of deals like that. And then it's like, again, it's going to be even worse of where do I purchase my game from? So it's going to go beyond pre-order. It's going to be even afterwards, where do you want to buy it from? Right. And it's just, and, 
you're going to oh, get sorry. excluded out of certain items because you didn't buy it at a certain store. Yeah. Well, what I'm thinking is like when it goes to a digital, if we go digital only, there is no way. <laughs> I, I like to say no way, like I'm absolutely positive, but let me just act like I'm positive. There is <laughs> no way that every publisher is going to say, oh, yeah, Microsoft, every time we sell a copy of our game, you can take 3%. That's just not going to happen. Like XBLA or, or Xbox Live or the Marketplace is not going to be the only digital place where you're going to be able to buy games. You know, if if the Xbox comes out and says the only way you can buy a game is going through the Xbox Live Marketplace and PlayStation puts out one, it says, oh, yeah, by the way, you can buy from the GameStop Marketplace. You can buy from the Amazon Marketplace. You can buy from the Best Buy Marketplace. Any of the games that you want to do and they just download from there and that's how you play your game, Sony PlayStation is going to win. It's just because there you're going to be able to battle between prices games are still going to be go up and down it's going to be almost like the you know the disc world now microsoft is going to be like well every game has to be 68 dollars now because we got to get our three percent that's just not going to fly so maybe that's where gamestop has to come in and they have to become a digital distributor they have to be a not a publisher but a distributor a, you know to do that type of thing and they're going to have to compete with amazon um, they're going to compete with EA because EA will probably have their own store and, and hopefully it doesn't just get too bad or whatever, but maybe that's something they have to, they have to do. And another thing about, cause you're, while you're on this one here, retailers have to make better deals. The one thing that I'm tired of hearing <laughs> about the digital world is they always say, yes, that's where we're going to go, but we can't get there now because we don't want to make places mad like GameStop. Enough already. Who gives a rat's behind about GameStop? Because they're like, oh, if if you don't let us, you know, sell your, you know, this type of game, then we're not going to carry your console in our stores. And I'm just like, so what? I'll go down the street to Best Buy and get it there. It's like they want to make the brick and mortar stores happy for some reason. You know what I mean? Yeah. Why why do they care about what GameStop thinks about them? Like, oh, we have to make GameStop happy. It's like, well, no, you don't. Because <laughs> GameStop does a lot of advertising, and it's your games. You want your game featured, your console featured in their advertisement, because that's free advertising for you, essentially. It's all that. It like I said, it all comes back down sure. to greed and profit, and sure. they're making it every which way. And they, but yet they're standing out here going, "We're broke, we're poor, woe is me," mm -hmm. you know. And that's the frustrating part I have with it. Right. Um, I, I don't get me wrong. I think digital would be cool. I've asked. I mean, I like digital. I've I've gotten used to the iTunes, the mm -hmm. you know, and I'm I haven't really gotten into the. Well, I've done a lot of streaming through Netflix, mm -hmm. and even though there's not a lot of great movies, I watch a lot. I've like. I watched the entire original Star Trek series. I'm going through the original. I'm going through the Next Generation series now. I'm gonna watch Deep Space Nine, which I never did watch. You know, all those types of things. There's a lot of TV series, and I'd like to see more. You know, I'd like to see it where current stuff I can stream through, like a Netflix or something, or through the Zune. I like that. I, I the digital music. I don't. I can't resell it, but you know, it, it's it's a ten dollar item. It's not. I can get by with it on digital music or books because they're cheaper, uh -huh. you know. But when I'm paying sixty bucks yeah. and I go buy a game, and I've done this with, um, oh, what was that game? Uh, it was a Codemasters Dirt. Mm -hmm. I bought Dirt brand new, 
I went home and played it, and I was like, I took it back to GameStop the following day and said, this is garbage, and they gave me only like 48% of what I paid for it. Yeah. Wow. But I'm like, I didn't care. The game was so horrible and crap that I'm like, I don't care. But see, I would no longer have the ability to do that, and it's going to impact me. And and it's, it's more of, you know, if I have a digital rental option, where I can do like uh, like I've said, I would love to see GameFly get into digital rentals where oh, you yeah. pay your monthly fee and you're allowed to download even if it's only one game or two games at a time. Okay, you pay more for however many games you have. They could fix it so that oh, you want to download a, a fourth game? Well, you need to delete. Which of these are you going to delete off your hard drive? Uh, delete this one because I can always re-download it later if I want. But the, you know the, the that cool. is fine with me. But you can't say that I'm paying for. A sixty-dollar item that, I, and I'm stuck with that. I can't do anything. I can't give it to my buddy Braun or my buddy Rob to say, "Hey, this game's awesome. I'm done with it. Check it out." You know, right. and then it doesn't work for you. It's, but, but that's what annoys me. Well, then, then when you read number four, I think it kind of goes more into that. But but the whole thing about Netflix and what even what you said about GameFly is the cool thing about those is yes, we, we don't own the content through Netflix. But you know what? I've you know you've watched, you know, two hundred dollars worth of rentals or four hundred dollars worth of buying the DVDs, all and you've done all of that maybe for twenty bucks. You know, a couple months of paying for it. Let's let's just throw that as as an example. And and we're okay. Well, I, you know <laughs> you know what I mean. I'm just throwing out just numbers or whatever because it's a huge difference. If you go buy every series like the complete series on DVD or Blu-ray, you're going to be playing a couple hundred dollars. And and watching it through Netflix is obviously a lot cheaper, but the cool part and the reason why like you would be okay or I'm okay with something like that is because you feel like you're getting your money's worth. And even and, though you, even though you don't own it, you feel like you're getting your money money's worth and that's what it really I think helps. There's a big like difference though with that with what you're saying because Netflix streaming didn't replace anything. This was a Netflix disc-based mail service, and they said, oh, by the way, we're just giving you streaming video for free. Right. Okay? It was like something new that, oh, wow, I can augment my current TV watching. You know, I have the ability to go and do this, which what we're seeing coming, possibly coming for the consoles, completely changing the way it functions and forcing you down a road that, hey, I don't want to make that choice. I like to have disc-based games. I like to have my shelf over here with the discs. I, I mean, it's weird when you think about it. And I know they want to get away. They like to get developers or publishers want to get away from you having it in your house because then you tend to forget, well, I've spent $6,000 on games for this console. You know, um, maybe I should not buy another one because how many arcade titles do you have right now? Come on, answer quick. Oh, I don't Rob. know. Run. How many? You don't know. You have no clue. I can tell you, and you can look at your shelf and guess how many retail games you have, but you have no clue on the digital side. Right. And that's, you know, again, it's taking your knowledge, your power out of the consumer's hand, and, and basically you just, you have no rights. And then you paid for it, and guess what? They can shut the server off. Oh, and what if you're required to have internet access? Guess what? If your ISP goes out, you can't play your game you just bought for 60 bucks. I could buy it, download it, be in it for five minutes, my internet cut out, boom. 
I got a sixty dollar title that is is dead weight that I can't use. Yeah, they're they're I think yeah. So but okay. But anyways, let me let yep. me continue. Number four, games should be significantly more affordable. Speaking to Games Industry International yesterday, Silicon Knights head Dennis Dyack um, said he believes used games are making the new ones more expensive. Well, that's a crock. Um, mm. Anyway, oh, I, that, that was my insertion, the crock part. Um, <laughs> quote, I would argue that used games actually increase the cost of games, Dyack said. They're used to be something in games for... I'm sorry, they're used... There used to be something in games for 20 years called a tale, where you, where say you have a game called Warcraft that would sell for 10 years. Because there are no used games, you could actually sell a game for a long time and get recurring ven- uh, revenue for quite a while. Recurring revenue is very key. If publishers earn more for each game, it is out of the question to expect them to lower their prices. Games may continue to grow more and more expensive to create, but if they no longer have to live or die based on the first few months in the market, publishers might be able to justify selling them at lower costs. Bonk. They're not going to lower their prices. Look at XBLA. We already said it. A game has been out there five years. It's still the same price. Yeah, but this this here... I mean, these are the big boys. With this number four here, I don't think it's tied to to XBLA. Like I like I said, if these people, if those people really cared, and it could be something Microsoft Microsoft's doing. I mean, the publishers could be fighting up and down with Microsoft, saying, "Please lower our game so we can sell another thousand units." They may True. be doing that. They may be not. But this one here is the big boys. These are the disc-based games. They're the ones that are saying, you know, if this is our only way to sell it. You know, or if this is how we're going to go and sell our game, then we need to do this and this and this. Oh, it's not selling at $60? Why not? Oh, because people don't know if it's a good game or not? Maybe we should make it worth, worth you know, worth them, you know, purchasing it. So, sure. I mean, it could it could happen. It could happen. But, yeah, with, you know, I would love to know how Microsoft handles the XBLA stuff, if they actually let people do that or not. But, sorry, go ahead. Okay, um, and the last one is number five. Publishers might take more risks. If no use games means more money in publishers' pockets, we'll reap the benefits. Now, I'm going to stop the article right there because, again, this is no use games means – okay, if no use games means more money in publishers' pockets, they'll reap the benefits. That's not – I don't believe that's going to be the case because – Majority of my games, I've got a lot of new. I've got a lot of used. There are used games that I would not have purchased paid for 60 bucks. But it's like, oh, 20 bucks? Okay, it's worth it. You know, there's games I bought for 60 and go, man, I, and I've said on this very show, don't buy this game at 60 bucks. Wait till it drops in price. It's not worth the value. Is it a fun game? Yes. Is it worth 60? No. And so if you take used games, you take rentals out of it, how many games am I actually going to buy? Because this is the first console where I have bought a tremendous amount of video games for it. This is the first time. And it's probably because, you know, I'm an adult now and I got the money and I can do it. But, you know, we've seen where the 360 is set the record for most titles owned per, you know, I think it's like nine or ten games owned per console. So and it was like a record. okay. But if you in that and, and you look at how many people are now we have the ability to buy used titles, we have the ability to to rent and try stuff out. 
which was not there before. You take that away, people are going to have to be a lot more picky on what they buy because they have to pay $60 for everything. So I don't believe publishers will make more money. Well, and I'm going to tie this one to the number four up above. If they, if they, if they go into this whole tail thing that they were talking about and, and also with, you know, publishers making more money you know if it's the first couple of weeks that go out and they see all their 60 dollars games and then it starts to slow down and then they knock it down to 50 and they knock it down to 40 and you say say you're okay i'm gonna buy it for 40 dollars when you go and buy that 40 dollars in today's world you're either buying it like at amazon or you're buying it in a used game format let's say well when you buy it in the used game format they see none of it where if they're smart enough to knock it down in price to $40 on their own, they're actually getting the $40. So that's where I think they might be making the more, more of the money. But the thing is, they have to be smart enough to drop their price. You know, if, if you know, um, gaming, um, like IGN and, and GameSpot, when they're reviewing games, those game reviews are going to become very important because people are actually going to look at those game reviews and saying, well... I'm going to wait for it to drop in price. And if it never drops in price, I'm just not going to buy it. You know, that's kind of what's going to ha- probably have to happen. But and they'll I, just I think pay for, they'll just pay for the review to give them a good, good review. I there, hope there's, <laughs> it, it, it has happened. It has happened. Yeah. We, you know, I mean, do you look at uh, Gersman who refused to write a good review just because of the publisher wanted it because they were spending money to advertise or whatnot. Yeah. You, you've got, uh, I've seen lots of stories where publishers will not be asked to come back. If you write a bad review, they're not going to let you come in and get, get the next inside scoop on the next new title. You're not going to get to yeah. see T- ghost recon future soldier because you, you ripped up rainbow six Vegas two or splinter cell. You weren't kind. So Ubisoft's not going to invite you back. And I'm just using those names. Just, I'm not saying they ever did that. I'm just okay. whole, I'm just trying to give an example here. Okay. Right. So now like IGN doesn't get to get the, the inside scoop story of, of future soldier because they rated, you know, the previous title splinter cell conviction so poorly and it made Ubisoft mad. So they're not going to let them come in. So that happens. Still, That's the thing that gonna, happens. They're still going to be able to review the game. They might just not get the exclusive review or the two day early review. They'll still go get the game and review it. I'm just I'm just trying but, to think of something to help you make a decision. But it still comes down to money. So is can you trust IGN to be true? Because it's their bottom line. If they're being honest and the publishers are not giving them the access anymore. They're gonna, or they're not gonna advertise with them anymore. That company no longer exists. Mm-hmm. See, that's that's the whole thing. It's this whole full circle thing. That so it's almost like you know they're they gotta control every aspect of it, and there there's you know and that's the problem. It, it just comes back. I don't believe the publishers will take more risks. I don't. I, I you know it's it's more of. No, the grass is always greener. It'll be great if we don't have used game sales. It'll be great. We're going to make all this money. No, I don't think you will because I know for a fact I won't be buying as many. You won't get as many out of me. You'll get what I would – only the stuff I'm really going to want to play. Sure, just, same here. I know, mean – Because I, I don't pay $60 for all my games. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah, they're going to have to – I mean in a digital world, they're going to have to – it's not going to be – it's not going to be a fixed price, and it's going to stay there forever. I mean, if they want to do that, fine. Go for it. 
<laughs> but you're right. <laughs> it's I'm not going to buy every single one of those games. So, but go continue. I'm sorry. I, I'm done. I think we. Okay. I've said enough on this one. <laughs> I I you know some people might not like this type of topic. I do because because regardless if you like it or not, it, it's something I think it's going to be tried. Now I'm not saying it's going to be successful. I don't think any of us are going to are saying that it's going to going to fail or be successful. We don't know until it, some until it's tried out. But eventually, it's going to be tried. And it's either going to pass or it's going to fail. And it's going to be all, it's not going to be up to them. It's going to be up to us if it passes or fails because we're the ones that are buying the games. So it's one thing to always keep in mind that you are the empower, you are the empowerment of the gaming industry when it comes to, to purchasing the games. Yeah, and one thing too is a topic like this. Okay, you know, okay, at times, you know, we talk about games, you know, like Battlefield or whatever it might be. That doesn't affect everybody because certain people, you know, won't get that game or they don't like those type of games, they like something else. A topic like this can ultimately affect everybody. Right. You know what I mean? So it's it's a topic that is close to home for everybody potentially. And it's something that, you know, we should be interested in. And, uh, oh, one other thing uh, that I wanted to mention uh, in regards to the price dropping was not too long ago uh, in the Android market, I know you, both you guys uh, are iPhone guys, so you probably weren't aware of this, but uh, they had a sale on a bunch of the apps because they were celebrating like 10 billion apps sold. And so it was a whole 10 celebration. So it was 10 billion apps were sold. So they were having, I think it was like 10 days of 10 cent apps. So all the software that was regularly, I mean, all over the place, you know, some was a dollar, $2, $3. It was now 10 cents. And there was some concern initially as to what would happen with all these apps going down so substantially in price. And the end results were actually really interesting. You know, the the publishers of these applications, you know, truly know what was going on. But a, a couple of things that were released was there was a photo app, for example. They normally brought in, because uh, I think they get like 70% of the uh, – you know, 70, 80 percent, something like that of the uh, of the purchase price, because I think Google takes a chunk just like, you know, Apple does in the mm-hmm. Apple store. So normally this app would generate something like, I think, fourteen hundred a day in sales. They saw their sales jump up almost like a thousand percent. Granted, you know, it was really cheap. And they were they brought in because they were on sale twice. They went from fourteen hundred a day uh, in income for this app to fourteen thousand. Wow! And you know, you just look at this, and and I know for me, example, I mean, I would be the same way. Where if games were cheaper, I would buy more, just because. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'll buy. Three, four, five, six, ten dollar games as opposed to like one sixty dollar game. 
I mean, and I think not... a lot of people like it. Oh yeah, I mean that's what they're saying about like gaming on the iPhone and iPad and stuff like that. Like what that has done to the gaming industry was they're all yes, they're all quick. Some of them are just quick games and stuff like that, but they're mm-hmm. the two ninety nine, three ninety nine, ninety nine cents type of games. And, and now I'm telling you that Gears of War, you know, four or whatever, it's not going to be no ninety nine cents or nine ninety nine. Oh, I ain't buying but, it then. <laughs> but it's yeah. but it, it's 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 the idea of it of just it's just cheap gaming. It's impulse buying. Or it may start out a high price and come down and all those things all of a sudden everything spikes. Now to, if you ask me, yeah, I'd sell a game for ten bucks. If it sold a thousand, that's pretty cool, and then knock it down to three bucks and let it sell ten thousand because at that point you just made more money than what you did at the original price point. And you know, you want to talk about a company that has can't tell the difference between their butt and a hole in the ground is um, Square Enix. All their iPad and iPhone games are like seventeen, eighteen dollars. Huh. Yeah, Final Fantasy seven, sixteen ninety nine. Final Fantasy eight, you know, Final Fantasy three, Final Fantasy two, you know, fourteen ninety nine or something. It's they're all in the teens. I'm just like, why? <laughs> it's like they have no idea. I don't think they grasp the idea of of the iTunes <laughs> of the App Store. But yeah, that's a good. I mean. It's going to have to be that way, Rob, the way you're saying about, you know, they do it and then drop and all of a sudden it skyrockets. And that's what Microsoft's trying to do with their their sale weekends and stuff, because I'm pretty sure yeah. games do spike at that time. But, oh, a permanent, yeah. but a permanent price drop is just going to keep on. That's that tail that Wing mentioned earlier. So, mm-hmm. but, cool. What's next? Is Rob. it my turn? It's Rob's turn. Yeah. All right. I almost forgot what, what I was going to talk about here. So, some about uh, used games uh, not being on the next console or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's something. So, yeah, we haven't talked about this in a long time. So, used games. <laughs> All right. So, there were there was an interesting article in the. LA Times of all places where uh, they were discussing Xbox usage. Now, you know, for a long, long time, you know, there had always been the plan for Microsoft, you know, to get the Xbox in and have it be the media hub for anything and everything. And uh, in the article, they, they, uh, they put it in an interesting way. They they called the Xbox, or particularly the original Xbox, they called it a Trojan horse. <laughs> <laughs> to get it into the homes of uh, of people, and then, you know, they would get used to using it, and then all of a sudden, you know, like all of the entertainment in the home and, and so forth can be delivered through this platform. Well, you know, with... You know, when those plants first started, man, I don't even know how many years ago that was, six, seven years ago, if not more. I mean, you look at 2012, I mean, you know, it's pretty much here, you know, with all of the uh, capabilities of Xbox right now, Xbox 360. And uh, the usage of the Xbox 360 as a media 
uh, like social media as a media platform, et cetera, has risen so much. It's actually increased 30% from what it was just a year ago. And right now, the, uh, the, gr the grand average stats, whatever you want to call it, are that uh, an average household spends 84 hours a month on the Xbox Live uh, service playing games, watching videos, and listening to music. So I, I know that, you know, for example, you two guys, you spend that much in a week. But you know, in <laughs> a, you know a regular home, it's it's in a month. So a regular home. <laughs> nice. nice. So, what was really interesting about this was so of the eighty-four hours from your like average person, a slightly more than half of that is spent on videos and music. So your average home right now spends well, let's say you know, half of that, what is that, 42? They spend at least 42 hours a, a month just watching videos, probably watching Netflix, you know, listening to tunes or whatnot. I mean, it's interesting how the shift has started already where, you know, your average person is spending more on the 360 as media than playing games. So is it there? I mean, is the 360 the media hub now? Uh, yes. Uh, see, well, I, I want to say no, but I'm really meaning yes because <laughs> if it wasn't for if it if it wasn't for Hulu and Netflix, the answer would be no. Right. If you if you ask me, because I I would say probably a majority of those forty two hours would be Hulu Plus or or Netflix. Yeah, and it's of gonna get, it's gonna go up now because HBO Go and yep. the Xfinity just got added. Oh, and, and Major League Baseball. Seen, oh, and MLB. Yeah. So, and I've already seen people on HBO, several people on the HBO app already, and it's funny <sighs> because, and and this is funny that this even came up today because. I didn't know you were going to talk about it. I was, it, it, and I was telling Dark Eye Defender. Him and I were together earlier today playing, and we were getting the Gears War Three. We want to do some Horde mode, and I'm like, all right, let's see when the friends listen. I got a bunch of people on. Almost all of them are on Netflix, and I made a comment to him. I'm like, you know what? I'm kind of annoyed by Netflix on the Xbox because <laughs> people are online, but I can't get them to play because they're busy watching a movie with the family. You know, like, yeah. if they're playing something else, they may consider moving over. But if they're watching Netflix, chances are they're not going to get the message because they probably have like me. If they're like me, they turn the messages off during when you're watching videos. So mm -hmm. if I'm watching Netflix, I don't get the message pop up. And, you know, and a lot of times you never know if it's that person or their family or their kids. So and it's funny because I kind of said to him, I was like, I kind of am annoyed by Netflix, <laughs> <laughs> even though I love it. <laughs> then you tell me yeah, I'm getting off. I'm going to go watch Netflix. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. Well, see, and it's and I would say without Netflix and Hulu Plus that, you know, this wouldn't even be wouldn't even be a story. Well, they got a partner is, with somebody. Which, which is kind of funny because of what I have to say next, but <laughs> so. so so in the article they they went on to say that uh, in comparison, an average house spends about 150 hours watching television. 
So is it going to replace the TV now? I mean, it's getting there. I mean, especially if it jumped 30% in a year. And it's replaced it, replaced it in my household. Yeah. And it's probably going to be doing that in more and more, more and more homes. You know, especially yeah. when next generations come out, they get smaller. Maybe they even get integrated into televisions or whatnot. And um, the last thing about this is uh, there's a count of the total amount of uh, applications that are available right now. They're up to 36. So, you know, that includes everything, you know, like the Comcast, uh, HBO Go, uh, what, YouTube. Do you have that Hulu. list? Of the whole, of everything? Yeah, yeah. No. Oh. Crackle. That'd be interesting. Crackle, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to, I was trying to think, I was trying to think, with the introduction of HBO Go and the Xfinity and the MLB and stuff, uh, I mean, is, these are all is apps. Is this the start of your next story? Kind of. Okay, before you do that, okay. I want to go back and comment on something Rob said okay. just a moment ago. Um I do think it's moving that way, and I do think – I don't know if XBLA will take over or X, the Xbox itself, but it might. But I think if they can get it down to – if they could get, like, the XBLA service somehow integrated into the TVs without an Xbox, just oh, where yeah. you get on XBLA and you could just watch your movies, I think that'd be cool. Because I've already – I already know my next television that I buy – is gonna have it's gonna have to have it's gonna be the first one I buy that has internet connected, but it's gonna have to have Amazon Prime. Because I'm a Prime member, but I don't take advantage of that streaming through Prime because I'd have to watch it on my computer. And there's a lot of stuff that I wanna watch through there. Um, I can watch like brand new T V shows. They come out like the day after on Prime. Then they're not on Netflix. And then I could watch stuff that I've missed because I got one franchise I've actually missed a few. I'm DVR it, but you get so busy and I fell behind and, but I I'm going to buy the next one's going to have Amazon prime built in so that I can watch it through my TV. So you are seeing stuff like that with Hulu built in and, and uh, Pandora and a bunch of other stuff. I think Microsoft should see about getting the, the XBLA app, if you will, on televisions. Yeah. But I mean, and I, yeah, like I have Apple TV, and and also I have a Samsung TV that has the Amazon. <gasps> That's what I want. Into yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool, and and it's funny. Like you know, my TV has uh, Vudu, Cinema Now, uh, Hulu, Netflix, HBO Go, MLB TV, NHL, and, and it has pretty much. I think, and uh, I don't think it has Crackle. Uh, it has YouTube. I think it has a majority of what the Xbox does. It has a majority of those. So it's like things that, you know, I've had for a while, but I've been kind of waiting for it to come on the Xbox, you know, with the Kinect and all that stuff. But it kind of leads into my next one. And I, I titled this kind of wrong. Um, it's not technically, and it's one of those things like, it's not Microsoft's fault per se. Um, but I, I put in here, Microsoft once again has overpromised and underdelivered. <laughs> um, and, and seeing that just just brings me back. My thought was, I'm glad this is our last episode. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, 
you know, the, the, it's it's kind of one of those things. Like, I I don't think they worded their press releases carefully, um, to where it put a lot of people in an uproar. And it's kind of one of those things. Like, I already kind of knew this is what was going to happen. When you word something that HBO Go is finally hitting the Xbox, and now you're going to be able to watch, you know, every uh, series from HBO and, and use the connect controls. And all you need to do is have an HBO subscription. You're, you're actually, that's false. <laughs> um, and this is where I was saying, it's really not Microsoft's fault. It, it's false because for the HBO go app, which is the exact same app that I have on my TV, only 16 cable providers actually allow you to watch it through that app. Um, if you have another cable provider, you can't use it. Uh, regardless, if you have HBO Go, which you can watch through, you know your I've, iPad, iPhone, any of that stuff, which has an entirely different list of providers that can see you through that. It, it's kind of one of those things, and it, they failed to mention that or even put it in like little small text, which kind of cracks me up. They put that you need Xbox Live gold and an hbo subscription but you also need one of those you know 16 things um you know the one good thing is with mlb tv they did mention like hey you need an mlb tv subscription which is like a hundred and something a year hundred and something a year i think um and then for xfinity i think you actually need to be a comcast customer and pay for xfinity to actually get to use that app um but it's kind of one of those things like you know, I still use a number of their apps, and I'm glad they have them. Um, but to claim, to, uh, even to tack on to what you were saying, Rob, as far as it being a media device, it may have all these apps, but really when you can use such a small amount of them, it's I don't see it getting any bigger or being that one thing that they want it to be until they can help these companies straighten things out. You know what I mean? I think I mean, the other this companies... is just a start, right? It's just a start. And, and this is where I was saying it's not Microsoft's fault. It needs to be the other companies that straighten yeah. this stuff out because really the licensing for these apps and the, when you can watch these shows and stuff, is just, it's just crazy because I can't even airplay HBO go from my iPad to my Apple TV because it is against licensing to be able to watch the HBO go episode on a TV unless you have licensing to watch it on a TV. So when you have the HBO Go app on your iPhone or iPad, you're licensed to watch it on that device, but you can't airplay it to your Apple TV and watch it on a TV because you're not licensed for that. You have to be one of the 16 cable providers that are licensed to do that to watch it on TV, (laughs) which is the same 16 as far as the app on my TV and the app on the Xbox. But you know, so if, if some of you are wondering why that's like that, it that's the reason why. It's really not Microsoft, but it's kind of one of those things that they've hyped it up so much, you know, maybe they're kind of deserving a little bit of the backlash. Um, but, you know, that's all. It wasn't as bad as what I think Wing was expecting it to be. <laughs> so it's like my ESPN thing that I had with Time Warner. Time Warner wasn't licensed to watch it through the Xbox. They were licensed to do it everywhere else, just not through the Xbox. So, but I gotta look all. up. Uh, you this your discussion made me think of something. Have you been on the Sci-Fi Channel app lately? 
Uh, yeah, it's still bullcrap. It's still just nothing. <laughs> I'm pulling it up now to see if it yeah. if it actually works or not. It's... You know, and, and that one, that one there, that is Microsoft, if you ask me. I, I don't even know why they'd put an app that just shows freaking minute clips. That that was horrible because I was actually super excited because I was like, well, you know, I wonder if you need a cable subscription because I can kind of always understand that type of thing. Um, for to to a point, but once I saw it and like I still couldn't watch my shows on that channel, I was just like, this is this is bull crap. The other thing that needs to happen for these apps, and this is entirely it's non gaming discussion, and this is something if that if we want to have a different podcast on it one day, that'd be great because we talk about this at work. Cable as we know it, people people say within ten years, cable as we know it will not exist. Most of it will be like an a la carte app based type thing that we're seeing right now, like these first steps. Um, because if you think about a lot of these things like, oh, HBO Go, to watch it on your Xbox, you have to have an HBO subscription. To have an HBO subscription, you have to have a cable subscription. And to have the cable subscription, you have to actually have the, the digital package, like when it comes to Time Warner. So technically, you have to pay $160 to get HBO just to get HBO Go, just to watch it on your Xbox, where you can have HBO, the di- like it just plays like all their digital content. You get it for free when you pay for an HBO subscription. <laughs> so it's kind of one of those things like, oh, if you want all this stuff, you have to pay, you know, all these cable companies and stuff. And that that is, as we know it today, is eventually probably going to go away. So it's another big change, I guess, for everybody. The um, let me give you a quick list here, Bron, of the apps. Okay. Oh, for the, okay. For TV, there's the Xfinity, which is Comcast, and then there's okay. the FiOS, which is um, Verizon. Yeah, was well, I, I wish they had percentage of actually people that could actually use these, because obviously you need Comcast for that, you need FiOS yeah, for the other I one. I can't use either of those, so I'm a direct well, FiOS, customer. FiOS is only like three percent of the United States. Yeah. So. Uh, for the video apps, now those were TV. So this is under the video. There's Cinema Now, Crackle, Epics, Daily Motion, ESPN, HBO Go, Hulu Plus, MLB TV, MSNBC.com, Netflix, TMZ, the wonderful sci fi, uh, <laughs> Today, UFC, Voodoo, YouTube, and Zune. Under music, we've got um, iHeartRadio, Vivo, and Last.fm, and of course, Zune. And then under the social, there's Video Connect, Twitter, Facebook, and there's something called Voice Studio. I have no idea what that is. I've not heard anything about that. Mm-hmm. So, But that's an app. But those are all the apps so far. Yeah. And also, in, in you know, you think about it. This is, I've thought the same thing. This really isn't a gaming machine because when you turn your Xbox on, you've got your little sections across the top, right? Your like blades or your little, you know, it starts from the far left, it's Bing. Then you're on home page. So you start out on your home. To get to games, you have to right bumper to the social, right bumper TV, right bumper video, right bumper games. So I have to bumper over four times 
just to get to the games section on of the main dashboard, and then music and apps is to the further to the right of that. But um, yeah, I think the video and TV they got TV and video before the games. Mm-hmm. So it, it I think you know Rob brought up a really good point and a good story that I feel the same way. Why is it my games right next to my homepage? You know. It's a console. It's a video game console. It really isn't. And the next one is going to be even further away, you know? So. I wonder if that was, well, it must have been planned. You know, the order of all that? It seems a little odd to, you know, to move it, but this is what they want to get to. And again, if it's if it's always if you're always going past the TV and the video stuff to get over to the game stuff to see to the marketplace, you're always seeing that TV video thing in your face. You're always seeing it, and pretty soon you're going to be like, if you don't use it, it might be like, oh, I should try this sometime because you're always seeing it. You know, it's just like another way of kind of forcing you. If they shove it off the side, and you're never looking at it, you may not use it. You may not think about it. But if you're always seeing it, you're more likely to use it. So they're evil. <laughs> so I think the next thing they need to do is allow me to customize on the home page my quick play. I would like to customize that because like there's stuff in there that I don't use. Like if I go into it now, it's like this is supposed to be stuff that I guess it is stuff that you've last looked at, but this is, there's stuff on here that's like, that was a long time ago. Like I, to today, I think I launched it once when it first came out just to see what it looked like. Why is that still in my quick play? You know, I would rather have like Netflix always be there and always be the first one, you know? And then like, you know, I wish I could freeze that in that spot. (laughs) Yeah. I think they just need to revamp the whole home section, you know, and make it, Excuse me, I had to sneeze, and and make it all about oh, bless you, you and you and your Xbox, you know, ditch ditch the advertising and stuff at least on that blade, on that section, and let us use it how we want to use it, you know, may, if even if they want to make it look like Windows 8 with you know more squares or whatever, let it give us like you said like the quick list, have the home be the quick list for us and you know. For forget about the ads for once, <laughs> for a little bit, you know. Let you don't us pay, have our you don't pay enough for them to take the ads off. I, I didn't say get rid of them all together. It's okay to have ad specific things for video and music and games. That all kind of makes sense, and I use those. I actually look at them and say, "Oh, okay, that came out." But you know, give me a little bit of piece of my Xbox for me, at least once. But <laughs> cool. Since you do uh, pay a monthly service, it does seem odd we're having to watch ads too. But yeah, <laughs> all right. I don't think we have any questions this week, do we? Nope. Nope. I guess we won't um, have none next week either. <laughs> the uh, poster of me, or ever. The poster of myself, you know, that I took a, a picture of me. I sent it to Mr. Kristoff. He was the winner of the poster. And since you guys said it was a poster of me and not really of Commander Shepard, I sent him a picture of me. <laughs> so, no. But he was our winner. Uh, my daughter actually got uh, picked between Mudtastic and, uh, and Kristoff. So, 
So send your hate mail to Evie at thisxboxlive.com. So, but, uh, all right. Can't send her hate mail. She's too cute. No. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's it, guys. Good final show. Yeah. It was nice working with you. Yeah. So for everybody who wants to get the show, go out to thisxboxlive.com. You'll uh, see it up there in the news section. Um, or if you want to subscribe to it, uh, we have a contact and listen section on the uh, on the website as well. For iTunes, Zune, um, what would that be? FeedBurner. We also have uh, links to our YouTube channels, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, you can email us if you want us to keep on putting out the show. Or you can actually... Leave us a message, 224-698-XBOX. It's 224-698-9269. And they're all on the little banners there in the uh, middle of the uh, of the news site. What do you mean if we want, if they can email us, if we they want us to keep doing the show? I don't know. we got to come back they and will... do this more? Maybe. I thought we were done. I don't know. We'll see what they say. Well, the new version of the website doesn't allow any... Uh... Used Any... recycled game news. <laughs> Gaming news. No, it does not. That's the real reason. <laughs> That's why I hate that website. That's why I don't like it. No used game you... stories. No. <laughs> Reused. We can't yeah. recycle any news stories. Yeah. So for anybody that goes out to the to the site, it is going to be basically four hour show shows, I should say, because um, there's more than one. But is there more than two? Question mark. Um, dun, dun, dun. It's gonna be yeah. It's it's basically gonna be show related things like you know news for giveaways, community stuff. Um, you know, obviously the show posts and stuff like that. We're not gonna have recycled. We're not going to recycle or reuse uh, stories from you know from other sites. I guess if it's like a super major one, you might see it on there. But it's we're not gonna do that type of thing. We'll leave that to the pros. They get paid for it, so <laughs> we'll let them do that. Uh, and also, you know, if there is something in a big news story or something like that, you'll probably most likely be able to catch it in the forums instead. So we can use the forums. So and if, go and check if it out. Hasn't figured it out yet. Today is April first when we're recording yeah. this, so this is not our last show. We're just kidding. <laughs> it's the last show of the day. <laughs> That's true. It's the last one today. <laughs> Last one this week until we do it again next week. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, also, uh, Zazzle.com, this Xbox Life. That is not on the main site yet. Um, we still got some small tweaks to do. So, But everything else is there for you. That's right. it. Um, Brun, oh, BJSwick33. Hold on. You know oh. what? I have a code oh. to give away. Oh, I have one boy. more left, so anybody still listening? I just remembered. Um, let me pull it up on my nice little spreadsheet. I think we still have one left from Sky Kiddo. And this um, is for those who may have Connect Adventures. This is an exclusive pre-order pack. I have no idea what this gets you. But if you type in 7942T... G-X-Q-2-T-6-Y-M-R-V. 
PTH7G99T3Z. You can you can email us or call us and let us know what it was that you got. So, because I'm curious what's in that pack. So, thank you, Sky Kiddo, and that that it wipes out our previous stuff. We don't have anything left. So, if anybody's got anything out there they're wanting to get rid of or donate, we're always welcome to, always willing to take those and donate them for you. So. Yep. All right. Now we're done. Now we're done. All right. Brun BJ Swig 33. Mark, we've 709 taking off. Brad Priest, catch y'all later. <laughs>